things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what No Mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah! This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> NBA action. It's not always fantastic, but guess what? They ain't the only industry that got issues. Hollywood, they do too. We're black folks. The hell am I talking about? Stick around. You're about to find out. Stephen A. Smith show coming your way. Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you as I usually love to do at least three times a week over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Obviously, I'm being brought to you even though I'm in a road studio. It's still by official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, the official studio sponsor for the Stephen A. Smith Show. Thanks again to all of those of you who have been supporting the show. Our followers have eclipsed 436,000 in the first nine months now. That is where I'm at. Can't thank y'all enough for the love uh, and support that you've been giving me. As I always tell you, keep the love coming and I'm going to keep on coming. Make no mistake about that. We're growing by about 1,400 subscribers per day. We never take a back step. We keep growing and growing, keep climbing and climbing. And that's because of the love that y'all show for me. So thank you. Obviously, as always, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. Keep the love coming. And like I always say, I'm going to keep on coming to continue to uh, follow the show. Please like and follow the show. Just click the bell and you'll be notified for all of our new content. So make sure you do that. And by the way, while you're busy doing that, make sure to pick a cop of a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances. And first takes. It's now in paperback, by the way. It's coming out in paperback. It's the perfect Christmas gift to get. So just go to straightshooterbook.com and you can get that book as well. Usually I'll be taking your phone calls and obviously into the new year. I'll definitely be doing it. The number will not change. It's 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. But since I'm on the road, I'll just be taking your text messages as opposed to your phone calls. Let me get into some of the things that I want to talk about because I'm not going to spend too much time here because I got stuff on my mind. I got a lot of things that I need to take care of, but I definitely wanted to take an opportunity to drop a couple of episodes to you before Christmas arrived because I got a few things on my mind that I wanted to get off my chest. It, won't, it isn't this. See the merch that I made, you know, the Stephen A. Smith show right here. You like that? You like that? I like it. I like it. I, lo- I love the hoodie. It fits me really well, too. It's kind of warm, too. So make sure that you look for that um, in stores near you in the future. For the moment, however, let me tell you what's going on. I watched Joel Embiid last night for the Philadelphia 76ers. I watched him go against a team with the second best record in basketball. That is the Minnesota Timberwolves, led by Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. And Rudy Gobert is no slouch either. And I was saying to myself, this is what I love about Joel Embiid. This is before the game, y'all. 
This is before the game. I was saying this is what I love about Joel and B. They got Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. As a result, their defense is considered very, very formidable. That's what we look at when we see the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they're formidable because of their big boys. So what's the big boy for the Philadelphia 76ers, the reigning league MVP, going to do when he goes up against those dudes? I said to myself, this brother is going to wreak havoc. He is going to annihilate them because that's what Joel Embiid does. That's the difference between stars and superstars. When you know what the moment calls for, when you know that because you're the marquee, it's calling for that moment from you. And you still say, give it to me. Watch me take you there. Let me answer the call. That is what a superstar is. Do you see what Steph Curry did the other night to, to the Boston Celtics, particularly in the fourth quarter? Do you see what he did? That superstardom. You remember how many game-winning shots Kobe hit? That, that, that stardom. What about Michael Jordan? That stardom. What about LeBron James? Even with the in-season tournament, that really didn't mean much to him in the grand scheme of things. $500,000 to him is like a damn penny. To everybody else, it might mean a lot, but not to him. But this brother goes out there and shows up and shows out in the in-season tournament. I ain't talking about what the hell they've done since the in-season tournament. Like getting bounced by Chicago last night, getting losing to San Antonio the other day. Now, talk about that. That was an in-season tournament action. But wanting to be the first at anything requires a special something when you prioritize that, particularly when you're a four-time champion and a four-time league MVP and you've been to 10 NBA finals and you're considered one of the top three players in the history of basketball. But he answers the call. That's superstardom. When I look at a guy like Joel Embiid and what was expected of him last night to go out there against Minnesota and drop 51. Spin moves, baseline, reverse dunks, dunks, driving into the lane, layups, fast break layups, pull-up jump shots, three-point shots, free throw. Don't matter what you need. What you need. I got you. That's Joel Embiid. That is Joel Embiid. And ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you something right now. Just so I'm clear, and we all understand one another, I got to tell you, Philadelphia 76ers got a chance. They got a chance. Now, this is not to cast any aspersions on James Harden because James Harden looks pretty damn good with the Los Angeles Clippers. First five games, he didn't look good. He was only shooting 47% from the field, but only averaging. 4.2 assists, only shooting 37% from three-point range, which isn't bad. But since November 15th, that same James Harden that everybody in Philly was happy to see gone, that same James Harden has led the Clippers to a 14-3 and record. And by the way, they won nine straight. Oh, by the way, he's averaging 34 minutes, 17.8 points, same 47% shooting from the field, 44% shooting from three-point range, has doubled up on assists at 8.8. The teammates of his are gravitating to him. They love him. They're rooting for him. They're playing with him. He looks like he's having a blast. Living in L.A. is not, nothing to sneeze over. Might be raining and all of that stuff, cats and dogs today, but let me tell you something right now. Southern California sunshine, very little on our planet beats that. 
That's what James Harden has done for the Clippers, which is a beautiful thing, which is why I said the other day, the Clippers may very well end up being a team to beat in the Western Conference, or at the very least, the number one threat to the reigning defending champion Denver Nuggets. But I digress. Having said all of those great things about James Harden, which is well-deserved, that doesn't mean that the Philadelphia 76ers have not been better off without him. 19-7 on the season. They're two games back of the Boston Celtics. In the Eastern Conference. Boston Celtics 21 and 6. Phillies 19 and 8. You look at them, Milwaukee's in the middle of that at 20 and 7 in second place. Can we definitively say that Milwaukee and Boston are the team to beat? I can't. The Boston Celtics are attempting 42.93 point shots per game. That's number one in the NBA. The other day they launched 63 point shots. I mean, what the hell is going on? Gary Washburn, who covers the team, was absolutely right in interrogating Coach Missoula because you're wondering, damn, are you going to throw anything into the interior? Is Al Horford or the seven foot three Chris Porzingis is somebody capable of, of making a layup for you? They all are, of course, I'm being facetious. Porzingis could play average at 19 a game. Tatum's a superstar. Jalen Brown's a star. We know that they're the favorites. As far as I'm concerned, they should be the favorites. But guess what? The Boston Celtics ain't winning no championship if all you're doing is launching three-point, three-point, three-point shots all over the damn place, whether they're contested or not. You've got to throw something into the interior. Somebody got to shoot a layup. Somebody got to provide something in the low post. Something. Now, I know it can't be Al Horford that's 37 years of age, but somebody's got to do something. You got to figure that out. You got to attack the basket, and every single thing you create can't be contested. That's just not going to work for the Boston Celtics, especially if you're going up against the Philadelphia 76ers with this dude, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, just to throw it out there, ladies and gentlemen, the man leads the NBA averaging 35.1 points per game. This is off his league MVP season. He's averaging 35 a game. He's fifth in the NBA in rebounding at 11.8. He's first leads the NBA in second chance points per games at 5.1. Let's look at the Sixers rankings right now. Points per game, fourth in the NBA at 122.3. Leads the NBA in steals with nine. I'm not talking about Embiid. I'm talking about the Sixers team. They lead the league in steals. Their free throw percentage shooting, they're second in the NBA. Their offensive rating, they're second in the NBA behind the Pacers. Their defensive rating, they're second in the NBA behind the Timberwolves. Their fast break points per game, they're fourth in the NBA. And deflection points leads the NBA with 19. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Nurse is doing a hell of a job. He's a champion with the Toronto Raptors. I'm not happy that my man... Doc Rivers is not coaching any longer because I love him and I know he's a hell of a coach, even though I know he'll be a hell of a, hell of a broadcaster as well. Just like I miss him coaching, I miss my man Mark Jackson doing what Doc Rivers is doing now, which is calling games. But having said all of that, we can't negate the job that Nick Nurse is doing. He's elevated the level of pace of play for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's creating more opportunities. Tyrese Maxey is a star in this league. Tobias Harris and the rest of these boys, they ain't scrubs. They can play. I mean, think about this right here. Just look at them. You got the Anthony Melton. You got Tobias Harris. Nicholas Batum, outside of being barricaded from the city of Charlotte because Michael Jordan will probably have somebody arrest him 
considering how he robbed Michael Jordan when he was in Charlotte. But in Philadelphia, he's doing a decent enough job. But just look at some of the things that the Sixers have in place here. You've got Kelly Oubre Jr. back from his car accident, Patrick Beverly, Paul Reed. They've settled into consistent reserve roles. you got Marcus Morris Sr. and Robert Covington. They're capable of doing some things for you in that top 10 rotation. Mo Bamba, K.J. Martin, and others in Korkmaz, they're still on the team. And then I'm looking at the Sixers right here. Did you know they have three first-round picks and six second-round picks that they can offer in trades along with $80 million in expiring contracts? When you think about Chicago's Zach Levine, when you think about Toronto's Pascal Siakam or OG Ananube, Ananube, if you can get any one of those three on the Philadelphia 76ers, the 76ers could win the title. They could win the title. With Embiid playing like this, So I'm just saying, let's put it all in perspective. This NBA season is unfolding before our very eyes. You Boston, we can never dismiss them. But I can't flow with you when all you're doing is jacking up threes. Andrew Holiday, a future Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned, a champion, an elite defender for the most part throughout his career, even though he didn't look like that against Jimmy Butler last year in playoffs. I'm just wondering, you going to show a pulse offensively only averaging 12 points a game? You better than that. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you've been at about five conference finals. You're in the NBA finals. And even though, Jason Tatum, you're young, 25, and Jalen Brown is 27, you've been around long enough, experienced enough. And we all know that if Jalen Brown got a $300 million contract, that means Jason Tatum is getting 350. That means they're taking up, they're going to be taking up over $600 million. Can I get a chip, please? Can I get a chip? Can, 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 can I get a chip? Because I believe in these brothers. But I need rings. This ain't Beyonce. If you like it, if you should put a ring on it. If you like it, you should put a ring on it. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, no, 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 no. This is basketball. We need a chip. We need a ring. You that great? Somebody, something's got to give. They got to give when it comes to that three-point shooting. And you got to position yourself better to win a championship. Oh, by the way, if you're Joel Embiid, you ain't even been to a conference finals. You are that dude. Boy, this brother's spectacular. He is something special. You got to get it done. You got to get to the conference finals. That means you're going to, in all likelihood, have to knock off Milwaukee or Boston in order to do it. What's up? What's up? I mean, it is necessary. Make no mistake about it. You got to be able to pull that off, Joel Embiid. So these are the interesting storylines that I'm asking everybody to pay attention to. As the slew of Christmas Day games are on the way, by the way, I'll be on ESPN all day that day. We got about four NBA countdowns. We've got about five games airing throughout the day, and we will be on TV, on ESPN and ABC throughout the day, into the night, even as three NFL games are going on. You got about five to six NBA games going on, and I'll be all over it on NBA countdown. It's going to be a busy week, a busy Christmas day, but we're here for it. We're here for it. Make no mistake about it. This is what we're talking about right here. And I'm looking at this February 8th trading deadline coming up and what respective teams may potentially want to return. The Sixers have the ability to create more than $55 million in salary cap space this offseason. Okay? So you take that into consideration with the other numbers that I brought up for you. And it gets very, very interesting because they got $80 million in expiring contracts. You all know. 
People want that. Look out for the 76ers. I told you the other day, look out for the Clippers. What if the Clippers and the Sixers met in the finals and James Harden had to go against Mr. New Contract Extension, Daryl Morey, the president of basketball operations in Philadelphia, his former boss in Houston. Lord have mercy. Somehow I suspect that any doldrums or any issues or any struggles that existed in the past when James Harden would, 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 would not really show up in some postseason games, I don't think that would be the case against Daryl Morey. I don't think that'll be the case then. Let me move on to a different subject. And it's a subject that's far more sensitive uh, than the subject that I just tackled, which is just NBA basketball games on the court. This is about an NBA player off the court. His name is Draymond Green. Now, just recently, what we heard via numerous reports is that Draymond Green was in therapy. People were using words like getting the help that he needs and all of this other stuff. I appreciated a perspective provided to us all by my man, Paul George, via podcast P, his podcast that he has via Wave Entertainment. Podcast P, Paul George himself, speaking on his podcast about Draymond Green. Here's what he had to say. More. I don't like that they're painting him that he's crazy now, though. Yeah, like, like he got to go to therapy. Yeah, and all like I, I don't like that part. Like, I, I, all right. I think like, that's, he's, yeah. he's not crazy. Like, let's yeah. stop the narrative yeah, that he's crazy. crazy and, like, something's just, wrong with him. Like, there's something going on at home. Like, come on. Like, we got to chill with that. Let me preface my comments by saying it's important that people in my position, more so than Paul George's position, because he may have a podcast, but he's a basketball player, an elite basketball player, somebody I root for, by the way. But the tenets of journalism and the responsibility that come with it are not the responsibilities thrusted on shoulders like his. It's a responsibility thrusted upon the shoulders of people like myself. And so with that, the spirit of that in mind, let me first say the responsible thing to highlight initially is that Draymond Green cannot do what he did against Yusuf Nurkic any more than he could do what he did to Rudy Gobert any more than he did or could do what he did against Sabonis. And that is a windmill slap or punch, a chokehold and a stepping on the chest all within the last calendar year. Can't happen. Can't happen. But for people to be talking about him like he's crazy, Draymond Green is not crazy. Draymond Green, I have not spoken to him since this incident. I have not spoken to him since his suspension. But he is somebody throughout the year that I have spoken to on many occasions. I love Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green is a good brother. And I think it it's great that Paul George took the time to remind everybody this is a good brother. And he's not some sick, demented individual 
that has a mental illness. Draymond Green has problems off the court and struggles to keep them on on the court when in the moment of competition. Now, some people say, oh, Stephen A., that's a damn problem. Yeah, it's a problem, but not like people are trying to paint it. It's not some brother that needs to be medicated, that's psychologically warped or anything like that. Stress can hit us. And see, this is where I don't blame athletes for getting pissed off. Because I know people in my industry who got a short fuse because of shit going on at home. But we don't talk about each other like that. There's so much trifling stuff that happens to all of us. You never know when it could tip you over the edge. You don't know what kind of troubles Draymond is going through. You don't know whether they're family related, whether it's women related, whether it's children related or anything. You don't know that. He shows up to work. He's in the throes of competition. Something happens. He lights a fuse. Boom. He acts in a moment. Okay, you can't do that. But when you talk about the brother needing help, see, this is when I've used words in the past, like Oprah-fied society that we live in. See, it all started with her. That's why Dr. Phil is worth damn near a billion dollars. Okay? It's stuff like that. You know, it start with her. Dr. Oz. That's how he was able to run for the Senate seat in, in Pennsylvania. Who the hell was thinking about Dr. Oz? I like him, by the way. But who was thinking about him before he showed up on Oprah? See, what happened is, years ago, what we did was we found a way to heighten the level of sensitivity in our society. Once upon a time, you right or you wrong. Damn it, you do this, your ass is going to pay. Period. And then along the way, everything is there to be explained. I mean, there must be a reason this person lost their composure and there must be a reason why they just seem off pocket and out of pocket and off kilter. There must be something wrong. Let's get them some help. Sit down. Have a conversation. Take some medication. Industries being fueled at the expense of people that's going through shit. Most of us go through every day. It's just that their job is in a public platform. You see the way football players react to one another? It's just that you have a license to do it in that sport. You got a license to assault. In boxing, you got a license to assault. In the UFC, you got a license to assault. Do you remember when Colby Covington and the pre-fight press conference going into the Leon Edwards fight last Saturday? Remember when he brought up Leon Edwards' deceased father? And Leon Edwards took a full bottle of water and threw it at Kobe Covington and then they had to be separated. And then after he won the fight, he talked about how he had to spend from Thursday night through Friday night into Saturday. Dialing himself back and controlling his rage because he was so upset. 
with what Kobe Covington did using his deceased father to throw in his face. His father was murdered when he was 13 years old, Leon Edwards. And for Kobe Covington to use that against him. Even Dana White said, I'm not a fan of that. That was wrong. But what if that press conference was Friday night instead of Saturday, instead of Thursday? What if he didn't have 48 or 28, 48, actually 48 hours to compose himself? He might have lost the fight because he would have went into the ring a bit rattled because emotionally he would have been trying like all get out to take Covington out. And he would have compromised his poise. And his game plan. Well, when you're going through it as an NBA player, when you're going through it in other professions, you may not have that luxury. I can say this to you as a fact as somebody that knows Draymond Green. The day he knocked out Jordan Poole, he was going through something just two hours earlier. Jordan Poole knew it and was messing with him anyway. Talking shit. That's all I'm going to say about it. But the NBA community knows. We're not absolving anybody from their repercussions, the necessary repercussions of their actions. We're certainly not proclaiming innocence or that Draymond Green was wrong. But for people to be out here, he needs help. Mentally, he's just not there. I'm leery of that. Especially when it comes to black men, because it seems to have a profound effect on us and our community more so than it affects others. I've said it to you on many occasions and I'll say it to you again. When white folks catch a cold, black folks catch pneumonia. Everything is always worse for us. I don't ignore that. Paul George didn't either, which is why I appreciate him saying what he said about Draymond Green because he wasn't just speaking about Draymond Green he was speaking about all of us and he's right 888-SAS-5303 that's 888-727-5303 you're listening, watching Stephen A. Smith show live right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube I'm going to Black Hollywood next because some shit's been going down things have been said and I think that This is a clip that I need to show y'all that's going to crystallize and illuminate it in ways that you may not have fully appreciated until this moment. Stick around to see what I'm talking about and you'll figure it out quick, fast and in a hurry. You're watching the one and only Stephen A. Smith right here back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show, right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube, coming at you at the very least three times a week over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Who knows how much more I'll be coming at you in the new year. Stay tuned. A lot of new developments are, developments are percolating, so... Stay tuned to that, and I'll get to that at a later date. Right now, I want to transition to Hollywood. 
which I am a minute part of. Um, <clears throat> one of the beauties of doing what I do for a living is that I get an opportunity to meet and ultimately be associated with some of the greatest talent that exists in this nation. And they come in all shapes, forms, and sizes in various professions. In this particular instance, I'm going to highlight Hollywood, Black Hollywood, Black females in Hollywood. Now, I recently read news about barriers being broken. I mean, we had the great Kerry Washington elevating herself to going from 80,000 per episode to over 250,000 per episode, according to reports when she was doing Scandal, one of my favorite shows all time. How to Get Away with Murder, Viola Davis. Um, once upon a time, she was making 250 an episode, and then they said she had elevated to making nearly 450,000 per episode. And just recently, we read reports that the marvelous, the wonderful, the incomparable, the sensational Angela Bassett, um, whose husband, Courtney Vance, he's a guy I love too, but boy, is he a lucky man. My God, she's so beautiful. Um, and women just need to take notes from her. I mean, just look at her. You need to take notes. But I won't focus on that too much. What I'll say instead is that she's a sensational actress. We know what kind of a job she did in Malcolm X. We know what type of job she did and what's love got to do with it. Uh, playing Tina Turner. We know all of the marvelous roles that she's been, but now on 911, not only as a lead actress, uh, but an executive producer on the show, she's broken barriers because now it's reported she's going to be making more than 450,000 per episode. But there's always a few. Just like with the men, there's Morgan Freeman, there's Will Smith, there's Denzel Washington. Um, they stand out above the crowd, but the vast majority of others, you heard Terrence Howard recently complaining about the kind of stuff that transpires in Hollywood. Taraji B. Henson is another matter. She's another matter. Because she recently spoke um, as a guest being interviewed by Gail King on Sirius XM. Taraji P. Henson became very, very emotional when asked if there is any truth to reports that she is contemplating giving up acting altogether. Listen to what this woman had to say. And I heard on the street, Taraji, you had the audacity to say you're thinking about getting, stopping acting. We said, stop talking. Hmm. Are you thinking about it? Um. Mm. I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do, getting paid a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of hearing my sister say the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. um, you get tired. Mm -hmm. I hear people go, you work a lot. Yeah. Well, have to. Mm -hmm. The math ain't mathin'. 
I just I'm You're tired. I'm, a, I'm only human and and mm-hmm. it seems every time I do something and I break another glass ceiling when it's time to renegotiate I'm at the bottom again mm-hmm. like I never mm-hmm. did what mm-hmm. I just did and I'm just mm-hmm. tired. tired. Yeah. I'm tired. Now we could sit up there and go off and we could say come on come on come on but I don't want to hear that shit. We're talking about one of the great ones here that was reduced to tears because of a simple question that made her inflect and contemplate what kind of future was worth having if it was in the acting industry because of what she's experiencing. I could point out that Kiki Palmer and Gabrielle Union both spoke out um, proclaiming they agreed totally with Taraji and that she ain't tell one single lie about the disparity of pay for black actresses. Okay. And I, for one, can tell you that because black actresses have been telling me that for years. The list goes on and on about the multitude of actresses who have spoken about the disparity in pay. What was Gabrielle Union paid when she was on in Bad Boys 2 with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence? I know they were paid at least 20 million. I don't think she got one. I think that might be pushing it. She was damn near the star of the movie. Bad Boys 2 was a hell of a movie. And she was damn near the star. Her role was just as prominent as those two. And still, the disparity. Kiki Palmer's qualified. She's been in this business since she was a child. She's qualified to make those statements. Vanessa Williams. Both Vanessa Williams. Because there's two of them. The former Miss America and the other one. They've spoken out in the past, along with various others. And I think about the marvelous black actresses. I'm thinking about Gabrielle Union. You know how I feel about Sanaa Lathan. How about Regina King? How about Regina Hall? How about Vanessa Williams? How about, I mean, the list, Kerry Washington? Angela Bassett, who I just brought up? Viola Davis? Alfrey Woodard? This marvelous black actresses all over the place. With the skills, ability, and the draw, they certainly don't diminish the quality or compromise the draw of the films they participate in. The love, where is it? And why am I going off about this? Because you know what? Men need to speak up. Don't we talk about being leaders? Don't we talk about standing up? And making sure that we highlight the plight of the desolate and the disenfranchised, those who are not in some of the privileged positions that we're in, even though we're not as black men. The challenges that a woman face, that a black woman face every single day. As somebody who was raised by five of them, I would know. I would know. And so when I hear the complaints, and then I see the emotional reaction from a Taraji P. Henson? Har? I'm like, if, if you're screwing her over, who are you not screwing over? I'm just looking at some of these credits here. Taraji's credits. New Color Purple coming out Christmas. How about Hidden Figures? How about a curious case of Benjamin Buttons? By the way, received a Best 
supporting actress nomination for that. But how about Hustle and Flow with her and Terrence Howard? How about that? The Karate Kid, Think Like a Man, One and Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Family That Prays, remember her in that? Ice Age, Proud Mary, where she was an assassin taking people out. Killed Danny Glover, by the way. What about TV show Empire? Ladies and gentlemen, Taraji B. Henson, this is who we're talking about now. She's won 33 film or television acting awards and has received 76 nominations. 76! 76! 11-time NAACP Image Award winner. Three Emmy nominations. 2016 Best Actress in a Television Series Drama. An Emmy Award winner for Empire. Five Screen Actors Guild nominations. One win for Hidden Figures. 11 BET Award nominations and six wins. Why am I going here? Didn't I tell y'all? You remember when society as a whole was singing this Mia Culpa after George Floyd was, mur- was murdered by the cop, Derek Chauvin? What does this have to do with that? I'll tell you what it has to do with that. Do you remember what I said back then? I said back then, the knee on George Floyd's neck is not the reason you saw race riots in the streets of America. The knee on George Floyd's neck was a metaphor to illustrate in the eyes of the world what black people believe we go through every day in our society. We consistently feel like there's a foot or there's a knee, proverbially speaking, on our necks holding us back, limiting us from what we've earned. What we've earned. That's what she's talking about. She talked about how no matter what you achieve and no matter how much people bloviate about you and they sing your praises and they talk about you, when negotiations roll around, you back down to here. And what I continuously say to everybody is, If white America is going through the same thing, we do not have a problem in this country. We have a problem in this country because we know that there's a disparity. That you can be at the top, that you can be number one, that you can be the best, that you can work your ass off, that you can go tirelessly marching forward to do everything that you have to do to be the best, produce the results, and still. You get marginalized. You get held back. I am not talking about myself. This is about Taraji B. Henson and black actresses. My story is a little bit different because no matter what I think I deserve, it's not like I'm not getting anything. I'm living quite well these days. So I'm not talking about me. 
specifically with this particular subject, even though there are always elements and remnants that apply to anybody who's black with regards to what I'm saying. What I'm using this is to highlight the level of frustration that Taraji P. Henson, that Gabrielle Union, that Kiki Palmer and others have expressed and Robin Thede is justified. Don't get me started with the black female comedians, how hilarious they are and what level of love they don't get. And I'm sure black men got it bad, too. And oh, by the way, there's some white folks that got it bad. Because they've been underappreciated as well. It's just that their cases are not universal across the board. Everywhere you turn with black folks, they can tell you these stories. That's not always the case with others. But Taraji has a point. And guess what? It's not going to get any better unless she has others willing to speak up for her. Where we'll play the clips of her crying and getting emotional and stating what she stated. And that's fine. But we'll forget about it in an hour. Unless we care. Unless we care that our sisters are hurt from consistently being marginalized and being minimized and not having their value validated. I'm quite sure that police officers, nurses, doctors, accountants, broadcasters, lawyers, brokers, traders, I don't give a damn what profession it is. If you're a woman, you're usually not treated to the level you deserve. Something's got to change. And I'm not sure the right thing to do is to blame Oprah like some reports have done. Executive producers don't pay salaries. The studios do. The networks do. We get that. But you do have a voice. And if you have a voice, you should fight for those voices. And it ain't just about the voices speaking up to make sure folks get work. It's about making sure they're rewarded for the work they actually do. In a fashion that doesn't enslave them to having to continuously work until they're spent and completely exhausted. That's what we're talking about here. That's what Taraji B. Henson is talking about. I hope y'all all have listened. Because I know I have. I hear you loud and clear, Taraji. I hear you, girl. But don't ever, ever think about leaving this industry. You're too gifted. You're too special. And you're too needed to walk away. You black, girl. You're a black woman. You strong. Continue to be strong. It's just incumbent upon us to be strong right along with you. More to Stephen A. Smith show. Plus your calls in a minute. Stick around. Don't touch that dial. You're listening live to Stephen A. Smith show right here over YouTube. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. 
till I flatline. I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Sounds like Dex and Dante did their jobs. Yeah, they did. Too bad Mason Gatlin survived. And Renault was released from prison early the same day. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I had to cut the honeymoon short. You know, I found out the judge responsible for letting him go is the same guy that's on the board of a foundation to reduce recidivism. Turns out they're proponents of rehabilitation rather than incarceration. So Cyrus, supposedly, he's given a lot of money to this cause. Well, regardless of whatever behind-the-scenes dealings were going on, it doesn't matter at this point. He's out. We just have to figure out what Cyrus is going to do next. Before I get to the calls, or as I shall I say, the tweets, because I'm on um, I'm on the road and I'm only going to be able to take your questions via social media as opposed to taking your live phone calls. I felt obligated to mention, felt compelled to mention something that's near and dear to my heart, to be quite honest with you. I had to mention the 50th Daytime Emmy Awards. And the nomination of my show, General Hospital, my favorite soap opera of all time. No, it is not Young and the Restless, even though I love Young and the Restless. And I love my man, Eric Braden, a.k.a. Victor Newman. That's my buddy right there. Real life buddy. That's my brother. But damn it, I'm an actor on General Hospital, not Young and the Restless. So guess what? I'm going to blow up General Hospital because they won seven awards, seven Emmys including Best Daytime Drama, as well as both supporting actor and supporting actress, younger actor, guest actor, directing and casting, all of that other stuff, okay? I'm just looking at it right here. By the way, the 50th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards was hosted by my boy Kevin Frazier and Nichelle Turner, obviously from Entertainment Tonight. They're fantastic. And it aired on CBS at the Ceremony General Hospital. Again, took home seven awards. As many of you know, I played a character, Brick, a surveillance expert for the mob, and my boss, Sonny Corinthos, on the show, uh, who's known, his real name is Maurice Bernard, um, and I love it. I just filmed some scenes the other day. I filmed scenes a week ago, so you'll see me quite a bit on the soap opera General Hospital in the weeks to come. But I want to take a moment to congratulate basically my boss on the show, the executive producer, Frank Valentini, and the entire cast and crew on the seven Emmys, just to highlight some of the... Uh, again, some of the stuff that they won, out, uh, awards they won, outstanding daytime drama series, outstanding supporting performance in a drama series. Uh, the winner was Sonia Edie, posthumously, by the way. She passed away a few months ago. God bless and rest her soul. She played the characters of, of Epiphany Johnson. She won for outstanding supporting performance in a drama series. Uh, actor Robert Gossett as Marshall Ashford, outstanding younger performer in a daytime drama series. Eden McCoy as Jocelyn Jacks. She won an award for guest performance in a daytime drama series. Allie Mills as Heather Weber, outstanding directing team for a daytime drama series as well. Um, and General Hospital for outstanding casting. So those are the awards that they won. Uh, they deserve a lot of credit. Valentini is just an, a genius as an executive uh, producer. The detail, the attention to details that he brings, it's, it's just fascinating watching him produce a show. I learned so much from watching him and all the directors and the producers and the job that they do. Uh, but my, on, on a personal level, there's three people that stand out in my mind and I got love and great relationships with the entire cast and crew. But of course, first, the first order of business is Maurice Bernard who plays Sonny Corinthos. Um, and he has a podcast out as well. 
dealing with, with mental health and, and, and what have you. And um, I've been a guest on that as well. He's a wonderful actor. He's a, he's a great friend. And I don't even consider myself an actor. He does. He's very proud of me. I'm, I'm, I'm his proud pupil because he teaches me a lot. So I got a lot of love for him. Um, and I just wanted to say that um, Laura Wright, who plays Carly on the show, love her to death. She's a sensational actress. She does a great, great job. And she's always helpful to me and my man, Steve Burton, who played Jason on General Hospital. I know he's been gone. He's been out. Boy, I'd give anything to, for him to come back. I really, really hope he's coming back soon. Um, but him and Maurice Bernard, working with those guys, I got to tell you, they're a huge help to me. I'm incredibly grateful for all they've given me. Um, they're two guys I consider friends, and I, I just love them both. And I love the work that they do on daytime television. Uh, so I just wanted to give General Hospital its congratulations, its kudos, and to just acknowledge to the world that I'm such, I'm so proud to be a part of that cast in any small way imaginable. They'd like me to play a bigger role. I don't have time because I got day jobs, but I got a lot of love for them and I love doing it. And I'm going to be a part of that for as long as I possibly can get away with. So that's really all I have to say. Again, thank congratulations. Seven, seven Emmy awards. Well-deserved peeps. Well-deserved. Let's go to the questions before we get on out of here for the day. Um, at willpower1016, right? Stephen A., have you been naughty or nice this year? I'm always naughty and I'm always nice. That's my answer. Uh, at it was Cobra, right? Stephen A., do the Memphis, do the Memphis Grizzlies have a shot to make the playoffs with job back and smart return to soon? Yes, they got to get on a, they got to get on a roll. Oh, what is it, seven to 19 now? Um, Jaws coming back. He came back the other night, 34 points, game winning shot against New Orleans. He was absolutely sensational. He's a superstar. Um, we know this and he's on a mission. So he's keeping receipts. I'm glad he is. That means they should go on a roll. They should get themselves back into contention. If this was just strictly eight teams, I might say no, but considering, uh, you know, the, um, playing tournament for the, for the playoffs and stuff like that and how 10 teams could be considered. Can Memphis elevate itself to be one of the top 10 teams in a Western Conference? I think they can. And because I think they can do that, that gives them a shot. I'm predicting that John Morant is going to be hellacious. He is going to be a wrecking ball. He's going to wreak havoc. And as a result, I think because of it, I can see John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies making the playoffs. That would be my answer to your question. So I just wanted to say that, okay? Let's see what's next. At J underscore PNW, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah, I would go with that. Bruce Willis, you know what I'm saying? That, that, you listen, man. Yo, he was in that building. That was at Christmas time. And then the sequel, that was when the plane was struggling. They, they you know, they turned off the lights at the airport, and, and you had, you know, folks, you know, uh, uh, I mean, the, the the planes were in the sky, and they didn't have anywhere to land. Okay. And it was Christmas time again. And you saw that employee. I mean, if it's Christmas time and the movie works, it's a Christmas movie. How about that? And it's Bruce Willis. Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers. That's what he said. That's what he said. See, I remember that. I remember that. One other person, or two other people, right? 
Stephen A, this is at the man I am. Thelonious D. I know we need to stay off the weed, but would you take a gummy like Mad Dog? Only under one condition. If I was taking the gummy with Mad Dog. Like me and Mad Dog watching the game together, chewing on some gummies. Could you imagine how wild that would be? Under that condition, I would do it. Other than that, I'm inclined to stay off the weed. And I certainly would never do it around Cat Williams and Snoop Dogg. I can't hang with them brothers. I just can't hang with them. Last question. At what? Pimp Daddy underscore Tim writes, what can an average guy do to pull a beautiful Latina woman? Sure, I wish I knew. Oh, I'm only playing, baby. I got a girlfriend. I'm only playing. Let me say this. I got a bodyguard. You know. You know, we call him Huggy Bear. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Because people see this big boy with me, but the women love him. They just, listen, he don't don't pay no attention. He focused happily married, living a good life and all of this stuff. But, but you know, I mean, you know, I mean, he just, I mean, he just has that kind of charm. You know what I'm saying? He's just with me. He's never rude. He's always nice and kind. And and women just look right by me. Who's he? Okay. And, and Lord help him when he starts speaking Spanish because he speaks fluent Spanish. So, you know, and he's got a beautiful, beautiful wife, beautiful wife, Monica, right? I'm saying she's beautiful. She's a wonderful woman. You know, I ain't going to say your name, bro, but let me ask you a question because he's right in front of me. Let me ask you a question. I mean, Danny, why? Anything you want to say? Anything at all? <laughs> confidence. That's what he said. He said confidence. Okay, I'll take it from there. You got to have confidence. That's first of all, because Latina women are not interested in somebody who's devoid of confidence. If you're devoid of confidence, they're going to question why. And they only assume the worst, like, You can't handle your business. You don't want that. Okay, that's number one. Number two, it's not mandatory, but it would help to know a little Spanish. And if you don't know a little Spanish, but they give you an in anyway, let them teach you because they like to teach from what I'm told. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But, you know, I mean, they like to teach. Okay, so you get that out the way, right? So you got to have confidence. You got to have a willingness to learn if you don't already know Spanish. And knowing a thing or two about their culture matters. Puerto Ricans are different than Dominicans. Dominicans, Puerto Ricans are different than Colombians. Colombians, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans are different than Brazilians. Everybody, and and of course, there's Mexicans. Everybody got their little flavor. Well, you got to know what's their flavor. And if you're paying attention, they're going to say, wow, he's paying attention now. Imagine. If, you know, if I hook up with him, I might have even more 
I might get even more, assuming he has that to offer. That would be the best advice that I could possibly give you. I think that's good. Isn't that right, man? Is that good, right? I ain't say your name, man. Is that good, right? Is that good, right? Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Come on, stop. Come on, stop. Muy bien, muy bien. See? That's where it is. That's the best advice I can give you. I'm about to get on out of here, but I'll catch up with y'all another time. This is Stephen A. signing off. Until next time, peace and love, everybody. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.